Welcome to Best of Five. Finally. God, I love Streamlabs. I love Streamlabs. How are you yeah. doing? I'm good. I am the Purple Sharpie, and as always, it's a pleasure to be here. Steve Jurek, otherwise known as the Ace King Offsuit. Yes, Steve Jurek is in the house. Hey, I'm blocking And here. so is Die by Sword! For the 49th month in a row, supporting this beautiful, beautiful show. We try so Why? For what purpose? <laughs> For, For what, what pur reason? Like, no, we appreciate it. We appreciate it, obviously. Okay. Um, let's do this. We've got a lot of show to cover. We've got a lot to talk about. And we're slightly behind because of technical issues, which I do seriously apologize for. But we're back on tr track. We're, we're The train's chugging. Uh, I need you to throw to me. I'm going to throw to you so you can throw to me for a recap. Because I can't throw to myself. That's just that's just not allowed. So, Whoa, Sharpie! Steve, what's this? Did something crazy happen last week that you need to, I don't know, recap us about? Boom! Yes. <laughs> that was a good, uh, that was a, I, that was a much good better. Catch even better throw. That <laughs> was a much better throw than I deserved. Uh, let's talk Tekken, shall we? Because we had a few events go down. A uh, couple in the Tekken Online Challenge, starting out with South uh, South America. One by a, a name not necessarily as familiar uh, to Western audiences, but Noel. Bolivia's Noel knocking off Abel Del Maestro in the grand final to take the title. Leo Saves from Brazil rounding out the podium. Uh Bolivia actually had three players in top eight. And that's, you know, we when we've, we've talked about this in Tekken especially, but we've seen it in Street Fighter. Regions that you don't necessarily know of, getting these opportunities to shine and showing up in a big way. And we also saw that in, in the West Africa region because you have... Some countries that definitely don't get the spotlight all the time, get getting the chance to show what they can do. Shaoling is your winner, holding off Fentral, uh, fellow countryman Skywalker in the grand final. Lookies from Tunisia rounding out the top three, but you had Togo represented. You had Benin represented. Uh, Cote d'Ivoire represented, which I always butcher the pronunciation of that. But that is, that's perhaps my favorite takeaway from these online events. Seeing these, seeing these new regions get some shine. There was one region getting a lot of shine in the Smash world, and that was Japan, because Japanese players dominated the Smash World Tour East Asia regional final. AMSA getting the win. Deft representing Japan did come over from the US. So the stars and bars getting a little bit of representation there. Uh, Ingen rounding out the podium. Those three players do qualify for the Smash World Tour finals next month. So we will be seeing those three players uh, showing what they can do in Melee. 
not oh. in Smash. They're not going to show what they can do in Smash. Smash Melee. Oh, yeah, that's a version of Smash. Yeah. She that's... said as someone who competed in that, yeah. You know what? I'm th job, me. I throw off the vibe of this show. You know, the, 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 it, there's too much melon in here. That's <laughs> uh, usually we get a usually we get a joke about Elon like not understanding the culture, and now I feel bad because now I have no one to do that with. Oh, it it just feels slightly different with with yeah. him not here, and that and that you know we miss you, Elon. We really do. Elon, I miss you telling me I'm talking too much and then immediately cutting from what I have to say. <laughs> Anyway, Steve, what were you cutting me off to showcase? Uh, I was cutting you off to showcase some Street Fighter League because we had uh, more action going on in on both sides of the Pacific. On the Japanese side, Good Ape Squad extending their lead atop the standings. They are now seven points clear of Gyogun in, uh, through nine rounds of action. Still five to play, but things are looking very good for Good 8 Squad. Behind them, it's a very, very tight race. Three teams tied uh, on 19 points, just one point behind Gyogun. So, things picking up there. Things also picking up in Street Fighter League US. Nasser Esports getting another big win over Vodafone. 3-1 in that battle. Panda Global picking up the 3-2 win over Bandits uh, to get to move up to second place. They are now half a game behind Nasser. Uh, Vodafone now in the middle on 2-2, two and two, uh, but still plenty of action to go there. Now, were you able to watch much of Red Bull Kumite? I watched uh, segments of it, mostly the Guilty Gear and um, Street Fighter aspects. But I did catch a couple, a little bit of Tekken, a little bit of Tekken. You know, I'm not a big fan of 3D fighters, but I caught a little bit of Tekken. There, there was some, there was some good stuff on display this past weekend. There was some good ass Tekken for sure. There was some good ass Tekken. There was some good ass Street Fighter. There was some good ass Strive. Yeah. Uh, let's kick it off with Strive. This was the eight-player field that contested, uh, that made up the Strive Invitational, and it's Gobo, the Japanese player, getting the win over the LCQ winner, Diaphone. And that's sort of a running theme uh, throughout the weekend. People who won the LCQ did well. Uh, but my, my other favorite part is that you had, in top four, you had... Europe, you had with Uriel Legion, you had Diaphone and Apology Man, and you had Gobo. You had all three regions, and you had some Gold Lewis in there with Gobo just destroying. You know, it was really, really exciting watching offline Guilty Gear for like one of the first times in a very long time. And I just have to say, the production value of all of this was just so wonderful. You know, I it's really. It's really beautiful what we can do inside of the fighting game spice space now when we have time and money and energy to dedicate to it, especially for a game like Guilty Gear Strive, which is so visually beautiful with such amazing talent, especially international talent. Absolutely. Um, really excited to see that coming back for Evo next year. Yeah. Um, the, 
Red Bull absolutely brings it when it comes to presentation. Um, like every year, Kumite, they they do great when it's smaller events like uh, like proving grounds and battlegrounds. But Kumite, they they kick it up another level, and this year was no exception. And we'll get into some of that in a little bit. But we also had some Tekken. Ooh, we had Tekken. Let's talk about that Tekken. We had Tekken. We had a, a qualifier. We had a couple qualifiers that happened off stream, unfortunately. Um, but it was, we had some international representation in here. And uh, they are at the top of the table. JDCR winning the LCQ to make the field for Red Bull Kumite proper. Uh, he got the grand final win over Infested, another Korean player. However, he got to be in the field as well because Arslan Ash unfortunately had visa issues and was unable to make it to the event. Yes. Which yeah, um, sucks. You know, it's it's interesting because while we are in the midst of a pandemic, this event was very unique in the sense that this is the very first time we've actually seen a large number of international players flown out in the middle of a, a, still a national shutdown, you know, to a certain extent. So we were very lucky to be able to have this event. And it was just unfortunate that, you know, not everybody was able to make it for security uh, concerns, but it's completely understandable, obviously. And I'm just really excited to see them when offline uh, returns in perpetuity. Hopefully we'll be able to see Arslan Ash, uh, another chapter in the Arslan Ash and E rivalry. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that again. Um, again, you see that transition? Because <laughs> Gen is the man who won uh, the Tekken tournament, the, the, the Tekken uh, Red Bull Kumite tournament proper, taking it over. LCQ winner knee in the grand final. JDCR and Super Akuma, or excuse me, JDCR got uh, third, tied for third. He made the semifinal. So I apologize. Gen versus knee, taking top two. JDCR, Super Akuma, round, that's your top four. Uh, you also had Anakin, Infested, Book, and Cuddlecore rounding out uh, the players who did not make it out of the group stage. Then we had another LCQ, this time for Street Fighter V. And it was won by the man of the weekend, arguably, Chris CCH. Chris Kacha. That's Christopher Kacha. I believe that's how it's pronounced. No. Uh, Chris CCH. Incredible run through the LCQ, beat JB in the grand final, Shine and Jot rounding out the top four, but you had Cobb and Louis Mann coming up from the hey, Republic. I'm blocking here. We have Ernesto, not in top eight there, but subscribing to us uh, for the second month in a row. We really do appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you Ernesto. so much for your contribution to keeping this show happily going and also making sure that we stay secure, unlike Chris CCH, who opted not to use SSH. That, that, That's the development joke. That's the developer joke. It's okay. I, I got you. I got you. 
Okay. I, I, I don't know if I should admit to getting you, but I got you. <laughs> uh, but with Chris making his run through LCQ, how did he do in the main event? Pretty darn well, making top three. Uh, got to the semifinal, beat Brian F. in a very entertaining match, uh, but eventually fell. It is the man right now. If you're having a Street Fighter tournament in Vegas and you don't and you want to win, do not invite Problem X. Evo Champ getting the win in Las Vegas, beating NL in the grand final. Chris CCH and IDOM rounding out the top four. Man. Whew. Oh, you know, Steve, that's a lot of talent up there on that on that there on that there board right there. You know, a couple of names come out and just stand out to me, obviously, but we gotta talk about that pop off against Bryant. Wait, Bryant wait, F. I wait. know we I know we briefly did. Like, we we did. I got I got to talk about what's coming this weekend first. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. and then what's, we'll we'll, we'll what's go back. What's in our to future, that. Steve? We've got a few events to look forward to. We've got more Street Fighter League, uh, both U.S. and Japan this week. Uh, we've got uh, the Tekken Online Challenge, the Central America Final. We've also got the second European event for. Arc Revo Europe. This one's going to be focused on the Middle East. And then two big events in the middle that I want to touch on. Uh, for, for Europe, you've got uh, Revolution. That is one of... That's the big London-based anime event. So you've got Skullgirls there. You've got Melty yeah. there. Uh, you've got some great action to look forward to. If you, if you want to check out some European action. Hey folks, this is Ace. At this point, unfortunately, Sharpie suffered a technical issue that impacted both the live recording of this as well as her local backup recording. So her audio quality does take a dip from this point on for the rest of the show. We do apologize for this and hopefully this will not be an issue in the future. If you want to check... Sorry, I was going to say the producers run a very, very good tournament there at Revo, and it's one of the only tournaments, international tournaments, that I would actually consider traveling for, to be very honest with you. It is incredibly amazing. They have a game there for everybody, and some of, some of the best talent in Europe does go out to Revo every single year. So if you're in the area or if you have the opportunity to watch this weekend, highly recommend and then if you are not in the area, but you're in the Atlanta area or you're in the U.S., there's another event you want to take a look out for. Climax of Night 4. The French Bread Major. Not the French Bread Local. Not the French Bread Regional. The French Bread Major. That's going to be on Saturday and Sunday plenty of good action to check out there and Ooh. i know it's i know it's one of those things that we've also talked about previously steve but as everyone knows climax is one of the better east coast major events that happens and is something that uh many people inside the community consider to be the ultimate grassroots major 
ran by Shinobi himself, who will be on this show next week. Yeah, well, yep, we, we, we can announce that now. Uh, we've got plans to, uh, assuming he's he recovers from everything he goes through this weekend, uh, we, we are hoping to have Shinobi on next week. Uh, so we'll be talk, hopefully talking to him about, you know, building up, uh, building up Climax, working through everything that happened last year, getting to this year, and some other, uh, some other things that we'll, uh, hold back for, for next week. Vocal cords may not be included. We'll have to see how the weekend goes, huh? <laughs> it but may, what an exciting jam-packed weekend right yeah it it may go down uh, with some sign language some teletype smoke signals we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll make it happen one way or another uh but yeah let's let's talk about some pop-offs because chris man he he had himself a hell of a run through the lcq and the after the LCQ or the next day, because Street Fighter took place on Sunday, every player got to have an intro, and you you had some good ones. You had uh, uh, you had Apology Man coming out as Faust. You had Mena RD showing off his boxing skills, which you know I actually he, really liked that one. I really liked Mena's intro. Here, here, really fun. Here's the thing you you need to understand. Um, if you are not a big man, that is hard to do, to, to because a body at rest wants to stay at rest. So it takes a lot to to, to get all this to go. Um, mm-hmm. If and you know he had some speed, he had some power behind that. He looked like an actual fighter. There were there were some guys throwing some boxing punches that uh, you could. He was tell. selling it. He committed very hard to that bit. And if there's one thing I respect and appreciate is people committing to the bit. Yeah, Mena, Mena, th- Mena knows how to throw some punches. There are some players that do not know how to throw punches. Uh, but we're not talking about throwing punches. We're talking about throwing ripped paper. Uh, because if you did not see it, Chris CCH, for his intro, uh, he came out and, well, take a look. The last one, Chris CCH. He held up some pictures. Ripping started ripping it. What? Oh yes! Another picture. Oh my Eliminated. god! Ripped. Oh my god! Another picture. This slain written on. Yeah. Gone. One more. Oh my Eliminated. Bam. 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 On the ground. That is. That's what he thinks of you. That by far the most notable entrance. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I liked it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm I kind of jaded a little bit because I watch a lot of... I don't watch a lot of reality TV shows, but I'm very, very partial to, like, the drag scene specifically when it comes to reality shows. So I watch, like, anything and everything drag, and I love watching people perform and kind of create characters and, like, create storylines through performing. Um these intros were all well and good, but none of them really like even the even Chris's honestly didn't really have that that energy that hype level I was looking for. And I have presented one of the best intros of all time of all time, Steve. I just have to say I'll I have yet to see anything in the fighting game community really 
in any way, shape, or form change this specific entrance or challenge it in any way. You know what I'm talking about, Steve? I guess Steve doesn't know what I'm talking about. Well, what I'm talking about, y'all, is one of the best intros to a dance I hit the mute ever button. happened. I ah. hit the mute button. Dang it. Well, then this is a fantastic moment for me to cue the clip. Which I had to uncue, but I'm recueing right now because, yeah. All right, I turned the volume down, so hopefully we don't get hit with uh, copyright. Bam, there you go. The last one. Nope, that's Chris's. Chris. That's Chris again. C -C -H. Uh, wait, no, no, Sharpie intro. There we go. What, what's happening? What are you looking for? He doesn't know. He, he, he's, he's going off stage. He's ha and, and, uh, Can't find ah! it. Ah! Ah! Oh! 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. Ah! Yes. What a queen. What a what a freaking ah! icon. Just godlike. The best entrance I have ever seen in my entire life. The ah! best intro. If you are not literally falling. 30 feet from the ceiling and landing in a perfect split and then getting up to do a bunch of kickflips. I don't want to see your intro. I don't want to see it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just don't. That 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 takes commitment. Mm -hmm. Because you're you're putting you're putting stuff at risk. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's no there is no way, shape, or form that this drag performer in any way, shape, or form came from that un unscarred. But that's that's the commitment level I want to see from these intros. No more of these little, oh, I ripped some paper. Oh, I kind of punched something. Oh, my God, I got a paper bag. No. No. I want to see you cartwheeling over an alligator into the seat of a monster truck and driving that into the arena, or it does not compete at all. I'm sorry. That's that's what upstage is at. That, that's my best. That I think that's one of the best intros. Okay, well, I've got, I've got a little pick. Okay. You know, and I, I, I do keep it in the FGC. And there's a certain event that, you know, I, you may not know this. I, I kind of like wrestling. Just just a little. Just a little bit. Just, just, just a scotch, just a touch. <laughs> okay, okay. Congratulations, Hangman. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, so we've had some memorable entrances at CEO. We had, you know, we had Take On Me a couple years back. We've had Dominion popping up, and you know, out of darkness as The Undertaker. That was pretty cool, actually. But there is one, and I'm going to turn this one down again. Uh, hopefully we don't get caught by uh, copyright. But there, there is one that uh, st stands out to me. And that is one from Mr. Kenneth Bradley. Uh, hey, we're, we're going back a ways. This is back in 2015, 2016. It, it, it's been a while. He, he, he gets the entrance. He's got the Stone Cold music. And, you know, a lot of players get the music. They they, they come out to the music, but they don't really do the something. The walk. The walk. You got, you got the power walk. He, he He's getting hype with the crowd. It's good at this point. But here's where it gets great. Goes into the corner, catches the the can of Red Bull. 
goes into the other corner. Catches the other can of Red Bull. Those two people who threw the cans, they're they're the MVPs. If those throws are off, this whole entrance falls apart. And then, of course, the Stone Cold-esque double-fisted to send the crowd into a frenzy. I feel so bad for the Jan who had to clean it. Look at the crowd. They're losing their, wa- they're losing their mind. You know, you think it's done. He celebrates. No! Stutter! Take that. You can't do any better than that. No, you can't. You can't. You're right. That's a good one. Better than that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Going back to Chris's entrance, though, um, you know, it 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 sort of does feel like it walks that line. I feel like I feel like ultimately, I feel like the big issue with Chris's intro is that it wasn't like that. The crowd wasn't hype because the crowd was kind of like, "Oh wow," you know, but. I think it was more of that, unlike with K-Brad's entrance, where he was able to directly feed off the audience, inside of the Red Bull Kumite, because the audience is a little bit smaller, you don't get as much of an audience vibe from it, you know? Like, there's a different reaction when the room is filled with people, and everyone's like, ah, it's so cold, you know? Everyone's in on the joke, instead of, like, a couple of people. And then, in addition, with Chris's thing, all you had is paper, so the audience can't even see what that paper is. You know, the cameras couldn't even really see what those were. There was no identifying feature on it. Now, if it was like, oh, man, it's hard. It's hard when you're just ripping up paper. You know, I feel like it would have been better if he had come out with cardboard copies and then, like, ripped off their heads or punched through them or something. Or did, like, a Rocky segment where he came up, you know, and he's, like, charging and he has to, like, be battling these meats as he comes up and then he comes to the final and there, there are there are these like statues or carbon copies of his opponent, and he just punches through all of them, and then he enters the ring. That would be cool. Yeah, you know but, what? I I, no. I, th- I think that's you know that that's he, a little. He, he comes out I, with I feel a ten. Like, he comes out with a ten and a ten, and we're kind of we're we're kind of on him for not coming being at a little. I wouldn't call it a ten. I wouldn't call really? it a hundred percent. I would call it a seven. You know I think what? it was very good, but I think it was that definitely could have been implemented significantly better. And it was one of those things that like it's so great, but if you just thought for like another like couple of hours on it, you'd be like, oh, I can elevate it by doing this. And then it would it would have been a ten. Hey Brad, I feel is a very solid eight and a half or nine. It's really, really close. You know, like the fact he went to each side to grab the Red Bull and they did it perfectly, and then the stone cold stunner on top of it, that makes it very easy, like Almost nine territory for me. Almost nine. Almost nine. Oh, almost man. nine. So, almost so, nine. You have to, you have to, you have to. If it's a nine or a ten, that is the best moment ever, ever in any way, shape, or You know what I mean? So, but I, I also just have to say, for the record, these are players. And, like, players are not necessarily known for being creative, as opposed to myself, who's, like, a content creator. I'm when I see things, I'm like, oh man, how can I make this super duper funny? How can I really lead into this bit? But that takes time and effort and a lot of work. And I understand that it's a completely different skill set than just like, you know, playing a game, which is completely interesting. So, so let me let me peel it back because um, you know, those the the pictures that he ripped up yeah. held some significance to Chris. Because they are they aren't okay. just people he 
he beat. The, if you if you go on his Twitter, he has a better shot of some of the pictures. Um, and what they are is they're pictures of players who have beaten him on turn, in tournaments, or um, or play, or players who said something to uh, to diminish his skill, said he wasn't that wasn't as good as he thinks he is, or something along those lines. And each of those pictures were the the player's face and the thing he tw- they tweeted, or the result that where they beat Chris. And all of those players were players he beat at the LCQ. So it felt very, very cathartic. I get that for him. What I'm saying for storylines, though, it could have been elevated. It could have been done in a more polished manner. That would have been universally funny. This is, while it's very good, and the idea of it is amazing, and I love that it has significance to him, I just personally feel like it could have been done better in every way shape that's all i just i i can see how it could have been done better and the fact that i can see that makes it not necessarily like 10 out of 10 material see you know see i think like what he was doing there's Mm -hmm. i i I know a couple people mentioned something about it being you know disrespectful of the other players to me i don't believe that he won he, he won. To mean? me, it felt like it wasn't so much, oh, screw you guys, you suck, you lost to me. It was more, <laughs> hell yeah, I beat my demon, I beat you. So it was sort of like ripping up, you know, it felt like he was breaking down a barrier when he was doing that. So for me, you know, the, the impact of that makes it a 10 out of 10 for me. That's fair. I'm so, exclusively going off execution and implementation, yeah. which is like, as someone who creates content, I'm like, but you know, you know what? if someone brought me that script, this is how I would have implemented it and it would have been cleaner. You know what? <laughs> he had one ready for Brian F. When he, I saw when that. He made, when he beat I him in tournament. That. So see, that, that's, that's nice. a 10 out that's, of 10. To me, that makes it a 7 out of 10. Very strong that, 7 out of 10. Nothing higher. That, you, that, the reason why he gets a 7 out of 10 and not a 6 or like a 6.5 is exclusively because he had a gimmick ready for if you won. And that makes it funny. That makes it very funny. That's yeah. a that's a that's an unexpected gimmick. It's not a 10 out of 10. What would have made it a 10 out of 10 is if immediately after beating Brian F, he pressed a button and then a bunch of confetti flew up in the air. People started throwing confetti over him and all the confetti was little pictures of Brian F literally a tweet from Brian F saying something about him. That would be funny. That would that would sell the entire experience for me easy. Man. Easy. But like that's commitment is what I'm saying. And that's like I'm giving out all these ideas for free. I'm giving out all these ideas for free. There are people in the community that listen to this show and one of them are someone's going to do this. And someone's going to be like, oh, that was a really good idea by Sharpie. I'm going to implement that. And then I'm going to be like, man, why did I give out my best advice for free? <laughs> that's the stuff you can only get by watching Best of Five. And if you're subscribed, of course, to either our YouTube or our Spotify, thanks for supporting us. Man. So, oh, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to a couple weeks from now after CEO because I think we're going to have this conversation again. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what intros people have for CEO specifically because it is an event where people are specifically supposed to create intros. I... 
feel as though the biggest hurdle creating an intro and everything like that for top eight is that you don't always know who's going to be in top eight. That's kind of what stops people. But for invitationals, there's really hey, no excuse. There's really no excuse for not having an idea for your intro. You know? I, Ace King Offsuit just subscribed at tier one for 46 months saying Chris CCH was a 10 out of 10, which I have to say, Steve, thank you so much for your money. You're incredibly incorrect. <laughs> thank you. Anyway. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I damn, just, just shutting it down. Like here, Chris, I would thank not you be for, an... thank you for the paper. You're incorrect. If I would not be an Evo commentator for Soul Girls and the very first woman to ever commentate Evo online, if I straight up allowed you to believe that falsity. Man, how about how, uh, let let's move away from this. Let's move away from from all of that mess. We've got a couple of characters to take a look at because it is time for everyone's favorite segment. Block grab. Block grab. I'm a little bit behind on screen, but I get up graphics properly. I had it uh, wrong. I, 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 I didn't have the right shot set up, but it's okay. It's okay. Darn, I'm sorry. No, I tried. It's not your fault. It's all me. Um, so we've got a couple new characters to take a look at. Let's go. Let's start from the one that was announced late last week. Uh, another new entry into King of Fighters 15. Yeah, he was definitely being a bad boy, but to be honest, I've been a very bad girl, so maybe I also... We'll fill in the blanks. You were talking about him being a bad boy, but you being a bad girl, and then... I did not say anything like that, Steve! Whoa! That, Where are you getting this from? Um, I believe that's going to be what shows up on the archives. Can't prove that in Portal Law. But anyway, that's a grab for me, obviously. Like, I shouldn't. Oh, <laughs> I, shouldn't I shouldn't have to explain. <laughs> Ace Queen is going to want a very thorough explanation of why I'm grabbing. <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, cool character. Uh, I like. She she's got some nasty looking stuff. Um, and my question is, we see Whip. We know Whip's going to be in the in the launch roster. Does this mean that the first season of DLC is going to include Nene? That's a safe word now, Steve. It's, I'm trying to bust out old. 2015 rap references, pop rap references. The Nene is three years old. It's older than that. No. Flash me the Nene is a variation of the Dougie, which was first made inside of the 80s. But the Nene in and of itself that we know today, literally only three years old. 
Watch Me Whip was uploaded on. Goodness gracious. Yeah. It was. No, June 25th, 2015. What? We are old. But it never received popularity until like 2018. There's. You, you don't remember that being big on Vine? Vine has been dead forever, dude. Yeah, Vine has been dead forever. <laughs> it's 2015. Uh, you know what hasn't been dead, though? Guilty Gear Strive. Ooh, I like this transition. That, that, that was a questionable transition. If I, if I It was, honest. but we're going to let it go. We're going to let it go because we find... They, they sort of hinted that something was coming, did Arxis, <laughs> and then they sort of said, hey, you know, Red Bull Kumite is happening this weekend, and then the Japanese account just came out and said, yeah, the character's going to be announced at Red Bull Kumite. So, they said, we're, ti- we're tired of y'all leaking stuff, okay? We're tired of it. So let's see who they added to the mix. Let's check this out. There's no way you'll believe me when I say this, but I'm really hoping you guys win. Because I'd like to see you again. It, uh, Sharpie. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you right here, Steve. This character is very exciting to see inside of Thrive. I have to just give it up to Arc System Works here. They've been fantastic about recovering back from the whole kerfluffle after, you know bad guy was kind of just top tier for forever you know they've been really transparent they've been working on giving us a roadmap and they've been sticking to that roadmap and i think what we're seeing here because i did see some people's reactions to the live trailer being posted at red bull kumite i just have to say well that trailer didn't necessarily like excite me the concept of more characters coming into the game is very exciting you know so so yep. Yeah, you're, you're kind of dancing around this whole black rap thing. I didn't hear an answer. I'm still not hearing an answer. I'm a, I'm a half. I'm sorry, could, could you repeat that? It's, I, it's a you... block! It's a block! Okay, I don't like the character. He looks dumb. He looks so basic. Like... Uh, some of his moves just look like they they have like broken hitboxes. Like I'm not a big fan of his aesthetic. Colors don't look appealing. Nothing about his kit really blows super wondrous at me. The most exciting thing about this to me is the fact that a new character is coming out. I I have to block. See, I'm I'm sort of torn because I'm getting really big self insert character vibes off of this one. Are you joking? That's what does it for you? No, no, no. I'm saying that as a negative. Oh. Like, it, it feels like someone is, someone wrote a Guilty Gear fan fiction, and that's just the character that they, you know, he has. Well, he's the, he's the big bad in general of the entire franchise. It, it, he's been teased forever. Yeah, he just, he doesn't look like a big bat. I don't know. Maybe I just have... He looks really meta. That's what I'll say for him. He looks really meta. My issue is that he doesn't really like... I don't know. I don't feel like he... I don't feel like the trailer really embodies 
him in any way, shape, or form. He's the main villain of Strive. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. I meant he is the main, like, bad guy, you know? Like, he, they talk about him in every single story more. They've been talking about him literally since before Accent Core. Like, so, to me, I was expecting a lot more fanfare behind it. And it doesn't it doesn't really feel cool. I think Q-Ball sums it up really nicely. Q-Ball reads, he looks like he's about to regurgitate why are you so serious ten times during a house party. That's exactly the type of person he looks like. And I'm just kind of like... I, I get that. I get that vibe. I, there's just a whole lot I don't like about that character. Yeah. On the other hand, not Elfelt, so grab. You know what? I should probably grab because it's not Elfelt, honestly. I was so scared we were going to get Elfelt. Yeah. I would have been so mad. I would have been so mad. I was like, let us just have Ram for once. Do not put Elfin in this freaking game. Oh, I'm so happy it's not her. I'm it's... so happy it's not her. Actually, can I change my block to a grab? <laughs> I'll give you that opportunity. It's not Elfet? Thank you. I will literally grab Happy Chaos because it's not Elfet. Like, I am so happy it's not her. Lassel, I love you so much, buddy. I really do. I respect you a lot. But please, 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 please. Refrain from ever talking to a developer about having her. So if we, you know, are are you prepared to say, like, if Lost Soul won Arc Revo and one of the prizes was getting to choose the next character, you're saying you would bet, you would root against Lost Soul in that case? What I'm saying here is that if there was ever a scenario where I was put inside of a position of power in order to determine who the next Guilty Gear character is, I would make sure that it's not Elfelt. And I'm pretty sure over 75% of the community would thank me for it. I, you, know what I, you know what I would do? I would create a brand new original character. Looks weird. Plays weird. I would name the character not Elfelt. Like... Who's the next character? Not Elfelt. Okay, but who yep. is it? Yep. Yep. I like the, that. I like that. The show but is you. Know, you. That the kind show of brings up that kind of brings up an important topic that I think we should talk about, Steve, which is how do you really become pro though? You know, and who is a pro? Who is able to determine that? You know? That that's a an interesting question because this was something that came up uh, throughout the course of the the week uh, through the FGC discourse. Uh, someone asked on Twitter about phrases within fighting games in the FGC that were commonly mispre- uh, misrepresented or misunderstood. I went with the obvious one, which was uh, registration deadline. Well, I was going to say anime game. Yeah, th- that's a very, that's a very broad one. We've get, we've got a couple ones to choose from, uh, but Sonic Fox came out with a tweet that got a lot of traction. Uh, they they said that the word most uh, misunderstood was pro. And they went on to say, quote, don't care how nasty you are. If I ask, can you make a living solely off of playing fighting games? And the answer is no. 
stick to the nine to five until you get that golden opportunity to be able to play these games professionally. As much oh. as I love, as much as I love fighting games, it's also one of the least paying esports out there. So I also recommend you don't try to get professional in this genre unless you're willing to make some intense sacrifices and work ethic to be there. It may seem where I am now is living the dream, which is partially true, but it took so much risk, sacrifice, and years of getting beat up to where to be where I am. Hell, had to be good at multiple fighting games just to get noticed in the mainstream, but work steadily towards your goals. End quote. I'm a big Sonic Fox fan. Like, I feel like most people that know me know that. Uh, I support everything and anything Sonic Fox does because we're family. And I think that Sonic said something that went over a lot of people's heads because a lot of people took that to mean, oh, so I'm not a pro now? Like, I've done this and this and this and I'm not a pro? No, because you can't pay your bills only with that. And that's true. That's very true. I've been working in this industry since I was like 19 years old. I've been doing, I've been holding events literally since I was 19 years old. And I'm just now getting to the point where I'm able to make like a small return on anything, honestly. And it's kind of crazy, honestly. There is very little money inside of this ecosystem. And the sacrifices you have to make to put yourself into opportunities where there is that very little amount of money is very difficult to do. I applaud Sonic because Sonic understands that 100%. But there are other things that you can do to become a professional that don't exclusively require you to play, which is awesome, which is amazing. Um, and I wish more people would start interacting with those options so that we could grow it as an, organi- as a, as a complete fighting game organism. Instead of just focusing all the money in players and content creators and that's it. Like there are many opportunities for growth inside the fighting game specifically because of how how much community servitude matters inside of it. You know? Um, if you want to run a tournament, that's cool. Run your tournament. No, nothing's going to stop you from running a tournament. The thing that's going to stop you is you. You know? Um, and it's that type of energy that allows so many people to like get opportunities, create something inside of the fighting game but I think Sonic is also really hitting the head, the nail on the head when they say that you have to have something more than just playing good or just making content. You have to be able to do more than that. Um, And Blue brings up a really good point because Blue states inside of the comments, I think people are fearing the fighting game community from losing its homegrown nature. I understand that completely. And I think there were a lot of people like that that we're commenting on Sonic's post. My whole thing has always been the fighting game community shouldn't have to reinvent itself and shouldn't have to change the wheel as often as we do. If if people were given if if the right people were given platforms inside of this community, we would be able to self-sustain relatively well, to be very honest with you. The biggest thing stopping us is the fact that the time and energy that it takes to create a self-sustaining ecosystem is significantly more than the energy that the community gives to a lot of the opportunities inside of the fighting game, even if they do come from internal internal community thoughts. 
you know? Yeah. Um, it's... Which makes sense, considering, like, our history, you know? Like, yeah. I, I come from a time period when Triforce used to actively be going to tournaments. The very first time I ever saw Triforce in, in person was right after Knuckle Dew had lost money to him. Literally, he had gone out to go get lunch with Triforce, and Triforce didn't pay the bill. And so Knuckle Dew had to pay the whole bill by himself. And Knuckle Dew didn't have his wallet, so he had to, like, go get all this money. And it was a whole thing. That was my very first experience ever with Triforce. And after that moment, I was like, huh, it makes sense why so much of the fighting game community is so weird about opportunities coming up here. That makes sense to me. But it also sucks because I know there are a lot of people inside the community that do want to build things up and just can't do it because community won't engage with the thing they're trying to do because they see it as you're usurping us you're taking away all the community control you're doing all of this and then people won't ask questions when something like not to be a slight but like when something like like summit happens you know an organization that is not about traditional fighting games in the slightest beyond the summit is majority owned by like tier one esports people you know, they, they're not fighting game players. They have no investment in the fighting game community. Behind the Summit does not give money to the fighting game community. Behind the Summit does not help fund local events happening inside the fighting game community. Behind the Summit is a private company that is a production company that makes money for Super Smash Brothers and Invitational events. That's what Behind the Summit is. And then they get people to fund that. You know, so it's like... But people will very happily watch that and engage with that, but then... People won't give money to local Macarinos or give money to their local TOs or try to find a way to support local production companies and streamers that are out here streaming locals or pay for someone to be able to get new equipment so they can also stream their locals. Like, you know, it doesn't really it doesn't really track for me. So that's always been my biggest frustration since I've been working in the local scene for so long is seeing the discrepancy when people do these super high level, high tier events and then. Being like, oh, I would love to do that at the local level. And then people being like, well, I'd like to see it at the local level, but I never really want to see it done by you because I don't know where the money's going. Like, you know? But, you know, when you're talking about those big events, especially in comparison to other esports communities, mm -hmm. there are, how many people do you think make a career playing League? Just playing League. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. You know, relatively speaking, to the mm -hmm. FGC. Yeah. How many people can you think of who play nothing but like Guilty Gear, make a living solely off of Guilty Gear? Exactly three. Yeah, you know, a small handful. Street exactly Fighter Five, a bigger handful. Um, you know, it, it, and the. Street Fighter V is probably the biggest FGC game in terms of eSport, on the eSport side of things. Um, you know, obviously Mortal Kombat, the NRS games, where Sonic Fox made a lot of bank. You know, the, you know these events, they exist. Those big money events exist, but because there's only one or two of them throughout the year, and they don't necessarily reach the scale of something like the international or something like that there just really isn't all that much money to 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 flow down so you can get you can get bigger player you know 
big pots and big prize money pools for the top few players. But you, there just isn't enough there to have people making a living off of making top 32 all year. It's just not there. So, I, I feel like, I honestly feel like it's, I feel like the fighting game community puts a lot inside of standing. Like, top 32 in League of Legends is different than top 32 in fighting. You know? Like, if you're the top 32 inside of a bracket in League of Legends, like, you're not really getting paid out as much and a team is paying for you to be there. And I, I think everyone knows it's it's very common knowledge, especially now that, like, a majority of the shareholding under Tencent is now public and everything like that. But, like, League of Legends operates at a loss, you know, like, on their esports sector. And they exclusively do that to promote the game. Like, it's all marketing riot. As long as they're the tier one, it's all marketing. All of that money, it's marketing. It's there, right? But I think that there are many opportunities and content creation that open up a lot of doors for people. The issue becomes that there is not currently an ecosystem inside of the fighting game community, unlike inside of the League of Legends community or inside of the Minecraft community or even inside of the Apex Legends and Fortnite community where there is a direct link to doing content creation and working with the publisher. That is not something that currently is a thing, you know? Like, that kind of exists. You kind of see Red Bull hosting events and opportunities for people, but you see hosts and some content, but you don't really see, like, and this is me directly calling out some of my stuff, but, like, you don't see opportunities for, like, sketches or opportunity for improv, or you don't see recap shows that are being sponsored and paid for by these same companies, the same way League of Legends. And I think if, if, if the game developing publishers decided to start creating those for their content as well, like being like, oh, we love, just as an, just as an example, oh, we love Best of V Show. We love how they're doing the recaps of all of our events and people are coming here and we're getting content that we can consistently put out about this and this tournament then we would see a larger ecosystem of people that can just do that. But that doesn't exist in the fighting game community specifically because developers here have so many different games, you know? It's not like League of Legends where there's just people coming to play one game over the course of 15 years. It's not Minecraft or Apex Legends where people are coming to play a game that's been out for two years. It's not Fortnite where everyone's just coming for one game. And it's not even Super Smash Brothers, where everybody's coming for, like, four different generations of games. You have several different games at a tournament that'll get collectively, like, a third of the same outcome of, like, one League of Legends tournament, maybe. You know? So it's, like, it's, it's completely different thresholds, not to state that these publishers don't have the money to do it. I just don't think they see the intrinsic value in doing it because because it hasn't really been shown to work because our community refuses to be receptive towards events like that, See, which is very confusing. I, I, I think some of that is cart before the horse, though, because, I, I you know, I, I used to write for Dot Esports. Right. You know, and, you you know, I was writing about Street Fighter League, or not Street Fighter League, it hadn't been uh, around yet, but Capcom Pro Tour. And I would also splinter off into King of the Iron Fist, you know, right before Tekken World Tour started. And 
the ESL stuff for Mortal Kombat. And I saw the numbers that those articles were doing right next to the numbers that stuff like uh, League of Legends Free Agency stuff was doing. Numbers weren't quite as uh, numberful, <laughs> to put okay. it mildly. All I'm saying is I think that there is, and this is probably just the creative in me speaking, I think there is a way, and I, I, I would almost be willing to say I know that there is a way for fighting game creators and fighting game players to market themselves that gets the exact same amount of hype as these other larger games. And I have seen it inside of my own content. I've seen that drive. I've seen Max bring that drive out of people. I've seen Ares bring that drive out of people. I even saw Mike Ross bring that drive out of people. So I know it exists, and I know it happens with casuals. I was playing League of Legends this weekend, and the guy I was playing with, this random person I was laning with, was watching Red Bull Kumite while we were playing. Like, I know there is a market, a large crossover market of people, and I feel like the biggest disservice that we do is removing community opportunities from people that can access those audiences. Um, I see inside of chat, Shiggy Shank say, I'm willing to bet once Project L comes in, they'll bring in talent from outside the fighting game community. They might hire Sejam Kappa. I genuinely hope Sejam gets an opportunity outside the fighting game community because he is a fantastic commentator, and I think he would do very well if he got an opportunity to do analytical commentary outside of the fighting game and expand to other games and bring that energy back in here. But I also know that there are a lot of content creators and a lot of players inside of this community that would also be absolutely amazing to get an opportunity when Riot comes into the fighting game community just for the visibility purposes. And I would like to see opportunities go to people who I feel have content or have skills that can reach people that are just genuinely out of the population that the fighting game community currently has. Because that's the thing that, that stops us from hitting those numbers. The fact, that, the fact that most people can look at a fighting game and understand what's going on but not feel compelled by the player story is weird, right? And it ultimately comes down to the idea that like most people who watch fighting games don't understand these players' stories, don't understand who these players are, don't understand what's, why they should care about these people. They don't see themselves in them, right? There were a lot of people who identify with Sonic Fox, especially inside of a younger population. There are a lot of people who identify with Colorcore. There are a lot of people who identify with me, who identify with Sejam, who identify with Tasty That And it would be very exciting to see those people be able to see a lot of representation on the main stage when Project L comes out, because that is what's going to help our community stay afloat when people start aging up and out, you know? Um, it's somewhat disheartening to not necessarily see that always happen across the board for every single new game that comes out but i understand why you know because these are really old titles these are these are games that people have been playing for millennia you know um and it's just one of those things where it's like i would like to see new faces on microphones when there is an opportunity to provide it for people i would love to see that genuinely and that's me talking myself out of a job you know what that's okay because there will always be room for you here. Uh, uh, you know, and we'll get you, uh, we'll get you a nice salary of free ninety-five every week. Eve, you're currently making me pay twenty dollars per appearance on this show. Yeah. You're telling me this entire time I could have done it for free. 
You didn't ask. I'll see how they do black women on the show. <laughs> I had to pay 30. You got a discount. Not 10. Not only half. You know what? Let's move on before we say something that actually gets one of us yeah, fired. Yeah, we'll, we'll actually get in trouble. We'll actually get in trouble. I'm the sorry. Game I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Game Awards announced their full slate of nominees for all of their categories this year. I did not know this was going to be a topic today on the show. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm uh, going to well, say that before I permanently lose a job ever hosting the Game Awards. Well, let me just preface it with that all right so so this is for real live reaction to this have you seen the list yet at all i've not no okay so the five nominees announced for best fighting game of 2021 are ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 mortal kombat 11 for the fourth time and of course dragon ball fighters ultimate edition oh no no uh, Demon Slayer, Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood, Nick All-Stars, and Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. As someone who, is, who has seen the list... This list is better than last year. This list is significantly better than last year. It appears as though they actually consulted Yipes this year, which is fantastic. Um, Yipes and maybe a Smash player or something. It's, it's definitely a list. It is definitely a list. It's definitely a list. I don't know how I feel about that list right now, but I feel significantly better than I did last year about that list. That 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 list last year was, and the list the year before that. At least I'm just happy they consulted someone who actually plays fighting games. That's crazy. But it's 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 whatever you know. It's their little pomp and circumstance, like of a of an award show and it's uh it's a great way to pat people on the back for playing video games so it's a better list than it was last year that's 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 what i'll end on all right you know what that that, that... i'm never gonna get hired for that event they're never they're gonna be like they're gonna be like sure if you remember that one time on best of you show when you said it was incredibly pomp and circumstance and super 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 dumb remember when you said that yeah i stand by it <laughs> Stand by. No, Evil, no. let me host an award show already. No. Can we just show people what an actual fun award show looks like? Because I'm kind of okay. No, Heike, can I get spotlight for a second? Because this has been on my mind. And Sharp and, and, and Steve, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to give you back the mic. Give me exactly 30 seconds to get this off my chest. And I promise I will. Go. I promise I will. And I won't rant about it again. But here's the thing the fighting game community is some of the absolute best personalities, the best commentators, the best anal- analyzers, the best players, the best literal content of any game genre I've ever seen. And I've seen many, I've seen many of them. It's absolutely insulting that the only time we get recognized is when there is brand new games in the middle of a huge gaming drought. And the only two names to come out of the fighting game community to be nominated are Sejam and Sonic Fox. And I just want to add that Sejam was, Sejam was, was nominated for color commentary, y'all. I, I just, I really want y'all to understand that. And if you are okay with that, then that's you. What I'm saying is the fighting game community deserves better. People are saying the Game Awards is just an announcement show. Yeah, so was E3. And what happened to that? What happened to E3? Huh? What happened to E3? Did the quality keep going up as years went on? Nah, it went it went down because they didn't have real personalities. I'm going to be real with you. 
You're well, let's about- just show them what we can do. I'm out. I'm out of time. You're, ba- you're about to talk yourself out of a job. <laughs> Hire me, Evo. Hire no. me, Evo, and let's show the industry what a real award ceremony for people who enjoy competitive games looks like. Because we deserve it. We deserve to have something that we enjoy. We deserve to have something that actually highlights people that are out here competitively competing in video games. We deserve that genuinely. We would put entirely too much time and energy for it. And there is a there is a base ready for it. We have been ready for a very long time, and I'm so incredibly tired of having to put up with the bare minimum when we put more than the bare minimum into the community. That's all I'm gonna say. Man, it would be so interesting if there were some sort of podcast that was FGC focused that had a an end of year award show that recognized the best things to happen in the FGC uh, like a, I don't know a bestie do you know anyone who could do that do you, you know honestly Steve that to me just sounds like something that only someone who is currently subscribed to twitch.tv slash best of the show following us on Spotify and also subscribed to the YouTube channel youtube.com slash user best of the show would understand, you know? Yeah. And I don't I don't like playing into niches, but I'm sure that that specific community would probably be on board with it. We, we may ha- there may be something happening along those lines. No guarantees. I don't know if I don't know if we'll be able to do it. Oh, I'm guaranteeing that Bestie's happening in 2021, baby. Okay, okay. Bestie's happening. One mm-hmm. last thing. Um, I, I, it's appropriate that you got the cup because you're going to have to, we're going to have to pour a little bit out for Jump Force. It's so hard to say goodbye. Bandai Namco did announce that uh, Jump Force will be sunsetting uh, in 2022. Uh, A couple of big dates to uh, keep in mind on uh, February 7th slash 8th, depending on where in the world you are. Uh, That is when uh, the game will be pulled from for sale. Uh, So you will no longer be able to buy it or buy the game, buy any of the DLC, buy any of the in-game currency uh, starting on uh, from February 7th slash 8th. Online play will still be available through October, or excuse me, through August 24th slash 25th. Um, Once that date happens, online events will be gone. uh, Online leaderboards will be gone. Online ranked match will be gone. You can allegedly still play online casual matches, although there's a little bit of confusion there. And of course, offline play is still going to be in there. Uh, what do you have a favorite memory from Jump Force? Um, 
Thank you. Thank you. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I actually got one. I actually you actually one. have one. Okay. Wait, I actually do. When Dragon Ball Fighters happened, um, I was super big into consuming all Dragon Ball media because I thought for whatever reason it would be very important to my commentary. And I still stand by my Winter Brawl commentary in 2018 being the best commentary ever done because I was so prepared. I watched the entirety of the Dragon Ball series and the Dragon Ball Z series and Dragon Ball Kai and Dragon Ball Super for it. Um, and I also purchased and played Jump Force because I thought it would give me an, an understanding of how the game was going to run. It did not. Um, but I have to say that I've had the most fun installing that game over every game I've ever installed in my life. So. Oh, man. All right. I'm, I'm, we're going to have to cut it off there. Um, little One more piece of breaking news. Uh, the demo, the open beta for King of Fighters 15 is now available for download in the PlayStation Store, PS4 and PS5. The demo itself starts Friday, or the beta itself, excuse me, but you can download, you can start your download right now. Um, you can also be happy that you were here, because we're happy that you were here. Um, I always say, Steve, you know, I'm the purple Sharpie, and every I, real podcast has a sign-off phrase. And I'm Ace King Offsuit. Thank you for joining us on a very interesting show. And I will say, good night, Canada.